The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Kia ora friends, I'm Joanna Santa Barbara of Motueka bringing you an eco-postcard. Each week I send you a small snapshot of a few things going on in our world concerning the health of our beautiful planet. Sometimes it's good news and sometimes it's bad. So let's start with uh, some uh, undeniably bad news and move on to some good and constructive things. Uh, the, the first item I want to mention is about what's called forever chemicals uh, and their impact on fertility. These are complex molecules that, that are in uh, things like fire retardants and uh, waterproof uh, substances. And it's been found that they, they uh, are likely to have an effect on human fertility. Now, it has been known that fertility and sperm counts are going down globally, but it has not been clearly identify, identified why this is. So the suspicion has arisen that these forever chemicals, and their full name is perin polyfluoroalkyl substances, PFAS, uh, are known to mimic hormones and to disrupt fetal development. There's been a peer-reviewed Danish study on this subject with 864 cases. Interestingly, they uh, found case records for uh, the um, mother's blood in the first trimester uh, from spanning uh, 1996 to 2002. So they were now able to look look at and relate to um, the ad- by now adult son's semen and found that, that the women who had been exposed and showed in their blood the presence of PFAS substances had sons with lower sperm count and lower sperm motility. Um, they also found that PFAS was in everyone's blood, uh, some more than others. And as I said, the ones with higher levels um, had sons with lower sperm count. So this this looks very problematic. These substances have by now spread throughout the world, but um, highly important to establish this relationship clearly and probably to attempt to stop producing these substances which are foreign chemicals which nature cannot digest. Okay, the next thing I want to mention is is a kind of constructive move and uh, it's about a problem that that um, raise, raises hackles whenever it's mentioned, <clears throat> and that's the, the presence 
of cats in our society, domesticated cats. Lots of people love their cats and uh, find it very difficult to um, have have a discussion about their impact as apex predators on New Zealand's declining bird life. There is no doubt that they are having an impact. Uh, apparently, it's not just their predation on uh, birds, especially baby birds, but it's also the fact that cats spread toxoplasmosis, which is which is a, a, a deadly disease in some species. Uh, it needs to be mentioned that it also affects dolphins. Australia has been getting tough on cats. Uh, with, with in some cases, mand- mandatory neutering and microchipping, or as they refer to it, snip and chip, and registration. In the Australian Capital Territory around Canberra, there's mandatory containment of cats. They are not allowed to roam outside their owner's property. Uh, so, uh, consequently, an industry has been growing around the issue of cat containment uh, with the sale of what's called catios instead of patios, uh, and also um, devices that you can put on top of fences to stop cats scaling and jumping over fences and thus containing cats within their owners' gardens. Cat, cat owners frequently are aware of the problem, don't want their cats to kill birds, and uh, are trying to uh, make sure that they are contained. A good deal more in Australia than New Zealand, but apparently in New Zealand the demand for these devices, these fence toppers and these catios um, is increasing. The SPCA in New Zealand estimates that there are 1.2 million companion cats and that there are cats in 41% of households, which is lots of you. Um, 11% of people keep their cats at home. 88% desex their cats. 49% microchip their cats. Uh, but that leaves quite a few cats roaming around, uh, predating on birds and lizards and insects. Okay, now I want to talk something about something that's quite dear to my heart. Uh, in fact, in the last eight days, I've attended two meetings on this topic, and that is the place of climate education. Uh, in our children's education systems. Um, some things that can be asserted are that kids are asking for it, some of them uh, with great urgency. Uh, it can be pointed out that those who are young today will bear the burden all of their lives of the impact of our overshoot of planetary boundaries, both in terms of wrecking the climate system and um, inducing the sixth mass extinction of species. The fact is we know what to do about this. 
uh, and we will be passing on the need to fix this problem um, to the next generation. It's argued that it's morally just to prepare our younger citizens to act on this. Furthermore, our uh, legislated emissions reduction plan states that it's important and necessary to educate children and adults in the arena of um, what's going wrong with the climate and how to fix it. Some teachers are doing a fantastic job in this area. Some schools are, are undertaking climate education nested in ecological education um, in, in, and some science curricula uh, include excellent units on climate. So ever since every child will have to live through the physical, social and political difficulties of climate change, Every child needs to feel their relationship with nature to Taiao. In a way, I might say, to be in love with nature and to know the ills of nature and how to remedy them for the well-being of all, in, including humans. That's it for today, friends. I'm Joanna Santa Barbara, and this has been an Eco Postcard. Till next week. Bye for now. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.